You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Audition side job, swimming upstream. Believe it or not, you're living the dream. Hey everybody, Rory O'Malley here. How you doing? Living the dream. Thanks for joining us. I am in San Francisco. I have made it. The eagle has landed. The KG3 has landed. Um, I am uh, speaking to you from my new apartment, my new digs in, in San Francisco, and I am loving it here already. Uh, one weekend, last time I spoke with you, I was on my way to Cleveland to see family and then to New York City for a week of rehearsal with the new cast, the new cast, which is uh, going on the first national tour of Hamilton. And uh, we had a great week in New York. They are an unbelievable group of young, talented, just really, really stunning folks. And then we got to San Francisco, and we've teched the show. We've gone through the entire thing, cue to cue. Every costume has been tried on. Every quick change has been rehearsed. And we had our sits probe with the orchestra yesterday, which was, it was glorious. Like, I don't know how else to put it. Uh, Such a fun experience. I've gotten so many great experiences from Hamilton, but I've never gotten to open the show. And getting to have a sits probe with, with the orchestra is truly, truly awesome. Um, Yeah, it was great. We had a spades tournament today that uh, Tommy Kale, our director, and the entire creative team pretty much insisted that we do. And uh, I hadn't played spades in a really long time, but I'm really glad that they had us do that on the dinner break. It was a really good bonding experience. Um we we it got a little competitive i'm not gonna lie uh over pizza and soda and spades but it was a really good way to start working with our our cast members in in different ways not just on stage um but yeah we're having a great time love the orpheum the theater is huge and it's so much fun you can probably hear that it's raining outside my window here. Everyone in San Francisco keeps apologizing to me for the weather because they say it's cold and it was like hailing. I keep reminding them that I just came from New York City where it's in the 30s and uh, 
and snowing. At least it was this week. Who knows? It's probably 70 now. But anyway, it's beautiful here. I love the city. I'm so excited for them to get to see Hamilton and most more specifically this cast. Uh, it's just, it's a really good group. And we're having, a, we're having a great time. Now we just need people in those seats. <laughs> uh, but I was really glad that I got to go home for like 48 hours, a really quick trip before I came out here and, and started the tour. I spent a lot of time with my mom and you know I love being with her. She's the greatest, she's so much fun. And uh, somehow I convinced her to do this podcast. <laughs> I I figured, you know, it went so well when I talked to my husband, Gerald, and it would be a good point of view to speak with somebody who raised someone who had a dream of being an actor, because that certainly has a whole host of anxieties and fears and, you know, difficulties to be raising a kid who wants to be in the arts. And I think that my mom, who's not, she was by no means a stage mom. She was an accountant to the same firm for 41 years. She just wanted me to have a job and to be able to provide for myself one day. Um, and yet she was completely supportive of my dream when I told her it's what I wanted to do. So I think it's a really good conversation to have I, I learned a lot just by talking to her about this, and I hope that this gives something to you and encourages you to have this conversation with your parents, whether you're just getting started in the business or if they supported you along the way. Uh, it's it definitely, I'm glad I got to talk to her. Um, you'll see, she's a good lady. This is my mom, Jerry O'Malley. Okay, so don't... <clears throat> Just make sure you don't hit the table too much, because even if you tap it, the microphone hears it. That's the only thing. So touch I know the it's. Table. Yeah. Well, I know you can touch it. Just don't keep. You know, like when we get when you start talking and you. Yeah. You're looking at your Fitbit. I'm checking the time because we'll be done with this at seven fifteen. And then what? Then we're done. <laughs> Is that how much you're looking forward to it? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> so it's what? It's 6.42. Yeah. And we're done at 7.15. Well, I'd say 7.13. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, so I wanted to talk to you because I think that your perspective as a, as a mom who raised a son in this business is very, uh, who wanted to pursue acting and be in entertainment is very unique. Don't you think? Yes, <laughs> I do. Not many people know what they want to be when they're seven years old. Right. And are pursuing it adamantly. Right. It's from seven. I didn't take you seriously for... For what? Well, for the first 10 years. <laughs> From seven to seventeen. Yeah, till you just really started applying to the colleges and everything. Right. Nobody could talk you out of it. Nobody could talk me out of it. I but, tried. Okay, you tried, but you. 
What, what, when did you, when did I first talk to you about it? That you knew, oh, he, he seriously wants to be an actor. When Mrs. O'Rourke <clears throat> in the second grade made you St. Joseph, mm-hmm. it was not a speaking role. Somebody else was saying the words, you were mouthing them. Mm-hmm. And you took it like you were playing Shakespeare or something. And mm-hmm. actually, you were very, very good. I have to admit it. You mouth the word, no matter when the kids slowed down or sped up, because I saw it twice, right. you, you mouthed it exactly as he spoke. And afterwards, you came back and told me, Mom, everybody was scared, and I was scared too, but I couldn't wait. I got to do this. I love this. I went, oh, okay, sure. Mm. You got to help me go somewhere. And somebody there at OLA said that, um, came up to you and said, you should go to the Beck Center to you. And then you told me that, so I did call I did do that. I called the Beck Center and right. thought you'll get over it, but you really lo- you just loved it and you loved all the people there and and so you seemed very happy going to it. And I tried to get you to do other things like soccer, football, football, baseball. Mm-hmm. But um, with soccer was the the worst because it was always rainy that season and you would be covered in mud and you could not be late for the Beck Center so I had to be bring wet towels and try to wash you off <laughs> at eight years old so that you could go in and you had Lynette who turned out to be your lifelong God voice teacher soul, yeah voice teacher and mentor and she told me years later she said I always thought I just loved Roy I knew how serious it was but I thought why does why is he so dirty? Why can't his mother? Why, what is wrong with him? His clothes are dirty, and I had to tell her he was coming from soccer, right. and he wouldn't be late. So the only way we could do that, but you did go to soccer and you played sometimes pretty well because you just wanted to get it over with, right? <laughs> so and get to back. Yeah, so you were very very serious from the get go. Yeah, but, and but what did that? How did that? Was that that you? You enjoyed it. You wanted me to be I, in theater. You I liked... was very happy that you were so happy, uh-huh. and um, it was not. You know, I think I actually liked the sports because that's everybody in our family did sports. So mm-hmm. I thought oh, it would be fun. So you know, and Evan coached her football team. My and uncle. That. But you know, at the theater, it was a different kind of people there. You know, there was different. Uh, <laughs> they were all much more. You know about the dance and the mothers were a different. I just like make jokes. You about were a it. single, single working mom, and uh, you mostly wanted me to get a job. From the time I was it, five, it never entered my head that you would think to go on doing acting. Right. It just it seemed like a nice hobby. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh at me, but. Uh, but you really were uh, thriving there. But you were going to quit at one point because you were now in the fifth grade and you had been rejected from each of the plays. Right. You didn't get a part. I couldn't and, get any in, into any of the plays at Beck yeah. Center. And you were very, and even, uh, you know, I started saying, well, you, you were very quiet when you were, but when you, Lynette got involved and she because your voice was so good and you could hold tune and everything she's the one that actually got you into the first play because she got was going to be the director you got to know someone 
Yeah, it's, it's always <laughs> it's that always, way. You Mrs. know, it was your aunt Peggy Ann yeah. in the second grade that got you St. Joseph, and she then Lois the Annette that got you in um, Snow Queen. Snow Queen. Uh huh. And uh-huh. so that, and that, from that point on, it was you know. So when you see, you know, but Joyce and I, when we went to see my Snow aunt Queen, Joyce, yeah, and we she practiced the lines with you because mm-hmm. she was so patient. Yeah. And I was not that patient. <laughs> what do you mean you got it wrong? This is what you're supposed to say. Right. I just couldn't stand it. I don't know how you could. Going over lines. Oh, going over lines. It was not, I didn't help you in any way, shape, or form in that, but Joyce did. But then we went to see the Snow Queen together, and we held hands. We were so worried that yeah. you would lose it and not be able to say the lines. <laughs> and I said, don't yell them out. But you were great. So then I, so so that was throughout grade school, and and I think that was a really positive. You could could only was, see it as being positive because I had a whole new group of friends where I yeah, didn't. Absolutely, it was absolutely positive. I saw how positive it was for other people. Mm-hmm. I saw the one father's said that he told me his one son came. His son and his daughter came because the mother said he's too shy and he's just. And the father was telling me, "This is crazy. This is going to make life worse for him because he's so he's." just terribly shy and he was already like 12 13 I think this was later he was and uh, I said well, you know by that time I knew what it did for people and I said to him just wait and see if he's still okay coming just let him come nobody's going to ask him to do anything he doesn't want to do and at that uh, final year they do the show with all the kids which was what I thought was great about Beck Center because you could be five, uh, six years old all the way up to 18 years old, right. and you were doing plays with all the 18-year-olds. The kids all mentored each other tremendously. They were wonderful to each other. Yeah. And this kid was up. I happened to sit next to this father in the theater for the final show of the year where they everybody gets together, and his son was up on the stage doing Elvis Presley and just going crazy right and i looked at him and i said oh he's shy (laughs) he goes he was (laughs) and i said well i think we and so that and that kid probably went on to be a great lawyer or businessman or something but uh a lot of those kids that doctor uh, a lot of the people that i was in beck center children's theater with they may not be actors now but so many of them are incredibly successful lawyers doctors Editors, business people, business people nurses, you know. uh, yeah. um, great mothers, fathers. They're, they're yeah. very, it's just all of us, we called us the Beck moms because mm-hmm. we all, you know, we had to... Oh, we had to fundraise for everything, and uh, I just we were thought... selling. I sold donuts on Saturday morning, and, mm. but I had fun. After I got to know, there was just a very few moms there that were like stage moms, very yeah. few. The rest of them were... I realized were like me, you know, they yeah. just wanted their kids to be happy, and this is something they really love to do. Right. And uh, so that was, I had fun too. Right. I had you had a good, a good, very group of, wonderful of time, and I still will still get. We it has been a couple of years, but we'll still get together, and we still call ourselves the Beck Moms, and mm. and and you, but you dinner. also were a huge theater fan. It wasn't something that we always oh. were able to go to. I think you brought me to Les Mis when you. A co-worker had tickets to Les Mis, yeah. and that was the first time I went to see a show downtown. Yeah. Uh, but you lived in New York City in your 20s. I went to New York City when I was 20 years old. No, I was actually 19 years old. Mm-hmm. And um, Madeline and I, Sound of Music came out, 
and Funny Girl on, was on Broadway with Barbara Streisand. Mm-hmm. Well, I only saw plays at Lakewood Little the- Lakewood High School. It was Shakespeare that we were all told to go to, mm-hmm. and that we had to go to. And I, I'll have to tell you, I didn't like them. I didn't know what they were about. No one said what the show was about. I didn't know what they were talking about. So when Madeline said, let's go see Funny Girl with Barbara Streisand, I said, I'm not going to see a play. Mm-hmm. And she said, please, please, I really want to go. So I have to credit her with that. And I said, well, the, only if we can go to Sound of Music the next night, because we would. there was something called Youth Fair, and we could get to New York and back to Cleveland for $60. Wow. And we spent, that was probably our week's pay, because I think we made 98 Wow. But we were both living at home. And I went... We went in, we sat in the balcony to see Funny Girl, and I suppose it was two hours long or two and a half hours long. Mm-hmm. And we never, after, at the intermission, we never even moved. We both just looked at each other and said, this is amazing. Right. And then I know it was the beginning of her run in it, and she came out at the end, and she sang My Man in a black velvet dress after after the curtain call yeah wow i mean and it's i don't know if it was something special that night or why she would do that because i don't think people usually do that but i don't remember the curtain call but i remember doing that and we were just from that point on madeline and i we sold the furniture in our apartment Mm -hmm. if we thought we could get some money to go we worked at the bank it wasn't much money and i remember selling a dresser and all the stuff that people we took from home and yeah. these people in the apartment thought it was an antique, and we sold it to them for $300, which was, like, huge. Oh, my God. And we said um, they took us out to dinner and everything. And, like, a few months later, they said they felt terrible because it was a very uh, wonderful piece of furniture. Right. And we thought, we felt terrible because we thought we were robbing them, <laughs> that they were crazy people. It was a piece of junk right. from Kieran Anderson's basement. But you... <laughs> So you 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 and Madeline, your best friend, you moved to New York. You got yeah. jobs in at, at National a, Bank, at a bank in Forest Hills, yes. Queens. You lived yeah. down the street. We've been back there since. Yes. We went on one of the that visits was, to New York, that was so much which was fun. really great. And so, but then your father passed away, my grandfather, and that's what brought you back to Cleveland. Yes. Uh, and that was in your early twenties, right? I turned twenty-one, and my dad died the next day. Right. So, so you uh, came back, and that, and then you were in Cleveland. But you had had that experience of moving to New York, experiencing it, seeing Broadway, and I think that was something that always carried we over to me. About it. Yeah, and that yeah. I always knew about New York, and that you could live there. That that yeah. was an option. Yeah, and uh, certainly, like as part of what built up my dream, even if even though you and you're an accountant who was at the same job for forty one years. 42 years, 42 years, and you're retired now. But I want to go back to uh, high school. So I'm so I'm in high school and doing plays more and more often and, and getting really committed to it. But you were always really concerned about my studies and prioritizing being an actor and, and staying uh, good with, with, with academics on the up and up. Was that difficult for you to enforce or did you... Well, I think that it's probably different with how different personalities, but I was very um, stern, kind of. Yes. And yes. I said, if you want to do this, you have to get very good grades. Mm-hmm. And you, if you want to, uh, 
you know, do the play and then do this other thing. You have to go up to the teacher and say, I need the homework in advance. Right. You know, I was just coming from it from a business point. If I have a job to do and I need to get them all done. And um, I thought that it taught you some guts to go up and say to the teacher, I have to do this and I can't come, you know, I... I yeah. don't have any time. I have to go to this practice every night, you know, like right. when you were in the opera. And uh, so you did go up to the teacher Craven and she Opera's said, well, I can give chorus. you, I can give you uh, the homework for the week uh-huh. and, and you would do it. And you had a, you had a day book, a day calendar that was, you know, you're pretty good at that. I was much busier as a great late grade school, high school student than I am as an adult. Yes. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, I always, you know, had a very strict schedule oh. of rehearsals and doing a few shows at a time. But that's what you do when you're in in the Midwest and you have something you love, yeah. you throw yourself into it. So I want to fast forward, though, even more to college. So when we had the conversations around college, that started to be pretty real, right? In terms of me saying I wanted to go to an acting school. Yes. You let me go to Boston University Theater Institute for a summer after my junior year. Remember? As it was really after your sophomore year. You were going to oh, be okay, a before my junior year. And I thought it was very expensive. But secretly in my mind, I thought, now he's going to go to this school. It was it two weeks or three weeks? I oh, it I think two, it was more than that. Maybe it was six. Home. Oh, I don't know if it was that long, but it, it, whatever it was, maybe it was a, a long month. time. And maybe it was a month, four weeks. Yeah. And uh, and it's all Shakespeare, because I read the thing. And I said, well, he is not going to like this. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry for... I'm not trying to trash Shakespeare. But <laughs> I said, he is not. He, this will get him. He's Off the theater. Kid. He will say, okay, this is too much. As far as like wanting to study it, yes, to study because they said it's very intense. You have to be serious. It's not, you know, this isn't like you know doing a children's theater or something. So I sent you there, and you loved it. Right. When when I I I just couldn't believe how much you loved it. Yeah. And I thought, well, there goes that plan. Yeah. No, I did. So. I going to that summer program pretty much sealed the deal as far as realizing that I could study what I loved. Yeah. In college, yeah. fully, it was... Well, it also helped you get into Carnegie Mellon because they thought you were a, a, a junior, going to be a senior, and they offered you a scholarship to come there. In um, You know, they sent a letter. And, and well, you told them, I'm not going to be a senior. I'm going to be a junior. Uh-huh. So they uh, so later they did all, all... When you were a senior, they offered you, but because we... Because you applied to NYU in Boston and Carnegie Mellon, the fact is Carnegie Mellon doesn't ever do financial need, mm-hmm. but they will meet. If you go to certain, if you get into schools like Yale, mm-hmm. NYU, or Boston, they'll meet their price. And because they, they are competitive with other schools, they are competitive so with they, other schools. So, so getting into Boston and having that relationship is kind of why and I was able to. And having those offers from them, yeah. Carnegie Mellon said, "Well, we'll match that." Well, I think it's a, it's, so in the end, it's a good I thought, point well, I got to that bring money up back. that you know these schools are so expensive, and that you, as an accountant, and you know obviously just a parent in general, being fiscally responsible, it was a big fear of sending a child to. A theater school, spending all that money, not knowing if you were going to have 
an education after or a, a career afterwards right. after spending all that money on education did that how scared were you i was scared i i can't say the, i just was very concerned that you were going to be heartbroken and it's it's um that kind of passion for something that you want to do that people just don't make it and it's just very hard and when I would see people around here in theaters and think about they're fabulous why and they said oh yeah they were in New York for six years and they didn't make it I thought you were amazing how did you not make it you know right and then I'd then you because you were in so many plays I saw these older older people at the Mm -hmm. time they weren't old but they were so I really but I thought, well, there was no, I said to you, I just don't think that you should spend money on this. And you said, I said, why don't, remember I applied to Syracuse and mm-hmm. and, I, and you were happy to tell me that I got in because I applied for you to, for mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, because I thought, well, that has a lot of different Well, you also wanted I, me to, I'm not going to name all the schools, but you also wanted me to apply to a Catholic school as a safety school. Yes. And to their theater to program. Dame, no, I did not apply to Notre Dame. No, but you, I wanted you to. Right. And you could have made it in there, too. Uh, so. I don't know about that. But <laughs> this, is, this is interesting doing this with you. Um, <laughs> but I didn't get into that one school because I didn't. I sent in a videotape to the drama school and they didn't accept me. Do you remember that? No. To the safety school. I'm not going to say what it was, but I didn't get in. They said maybe I could get into the regular school, but that I didn't go to the audition. So I, maybe I kind of sabotaged the safety school that you wanted oh. me to go to. Um, but I remember you wanted me to go to a Catholic school because maybe, you know, scholarship money and yeah. com- I was coming from a Catholic high school. And yeah. But, I mean, it must have been... Well, when you... You so, said flat out to me, Mom, if I can't go here, then I'm just not going to go to school. I'll just get a job, and I'll just pursue it another way. And I thought, well, I wanted you to get a college education. Right. And so I said, okay, mm-hmm. as long as – and then you – you and also you there you – I thought, you know, you'd get to take English and history and all that. But right. because you had taken advanced courses, you didn't have to take those. So that – that idea was so, scrout. <laughs> so I go to Carnegie Mellon and, you know, have the four years there, which were great, and it was a yeah. good experience. But at the end of the four years, you go and do the showcase in New York, and you do it in Los Angeles. And I did the showcases. And I'm, I don't really bring you into the ups and downs of how difficult yeah. it can be. Because um, I can't take rejection. Because you can't take it. <laughs> But at the end of those showcases, I got almost zero response in both yeah. cities. And I remember we went to a, an event after graduation, which was after the showcases at Carnegie Mellon. And a teacher came up to you and said, I was so sorry to hear that Rory didn't get any responses. Didn't, do you remember this? No. A teacher went up to you and said, I'm so, I was so surprised that Rory had such little response from yeah. the showcases, you know, I'm so sorry, but, you know, hang in there. And I told him to hang in there. And you didn't really know anything about it. Yeah. And you said, Rory, he sounded really dire about <laughs> your... <laughs> well, because I didn't know what they were, really. Right, right. 
that that a lot of a lot of emphasis is put on that you go to these showcases and that you're going to get an agent and you meet casting directors and it'll jumpstart your career yeah. in in both cities and so much of your energy while you're at school is like when I get out of here and I'm you know doing those showcases you just put all the all the pressure in the world on the on these small auditions is what yeah. they are and I had almost zero response sure. from them where other people were having tons and tons of response and you know getting agents and, and going out on auditions and I, I didn't have any of that so immediately for me it was a difficult transition into the yeah. real world do you remember that well I think you hid that all from me because I don't you know but I do have to say now that you that I realized all that later that you're a very strong person and you must really love it because I would have gone right away and got a job at a bank mm-hmm. if that had happened to me but you I really am impressed with your strength that you said no I'm going to keep trying at this and right. you did you wrote letters and sent you know because I remember helping you do that when you came back sending out letters to my headshot headshots and headshots all this other and cover stuff. letters to right. people who came to the yeah. showcase but didn't express any interest in meeting yeah, with me I know but I, I packed up and drove to Los Angeles because yeah. there was one person, a manager, who, yeah. who ended up wanting to meet with me. And I didn't even know if she would work with me, but she said she would meet with me. Turns out she said she would meet with anybody. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I moved to L.A., and that was a pretty big yes. move. It took a lot of guts. I have to admire you for that. <laughs> and it was pretty scary, you know. Yeah. So, but luckily... Was I'm it scary for you? Very scary. Well... You know, when you have kids, you you feel their pain and you you're you're scared for them. But mm-hmm. I, you were so strong and you were very you were supportive to me because you kept saying I'm going to be fine, I'm going to be fine. And mm-hmm. by that's when you turned around when instead of you know me supporting you or if you had a hard time in school or something, where you kind of started supporting me and saying mm-hmm. I'm okay and I'm going to do this and. And I, I just don't even know how you kept persevering, but you did. You really persevered, and I admire that. And, you you know, if you can say that you admire your kid, I admire you well, for that. Well, I mean, clearly it's, you know, that I was able to get through tough times, not just because I had your support, but you were there for me financially, too, in the beginning. That when I remember my, a Christmas present my first year was health insurance. Yeah. You know, or yeah. auto insurance, you know, yeah. that you were able to help me, you know, and I was getting I was getting jobs and I had, you know, side jobs working yeah. at restaurants and getting work yeah. and piecing things together. But there's no way that I could have done it without your support. And also financially, you were right. literally helping me. Yeah. Um, but there were certainly a lot of times I think when I'd call you with a job or something that I was, you know, I came up with, oh, it's it's a headhunter job and I'm going to call up lawyers who might be looking for new work and try to convince them to come to this other law firm. And I don't know anything about law. And do you remember me telling you about jobs like that? Yeah. Well, I remember that job because you... If you just got one person to transfer, right. and the one guy was almost going to, it. yeah, I would make all. I would only make money on commission. Yeah. So it only worked if I got. I would only get paid if somebody went to this new law firm. Yeah. I didn't get paid any money 
and you hourly. worked very hard at it. I worked though. very hard for two months and got paid zero dollars. Yeah. I lost a lot on parking and gas. Yeah. And I didn't make any money. Yeah. And so, but I would have to keep calling and telling you. But you still persevered. I did. But did you <laughs> never have those moments when you thought, oh my God, what is he doing? This is, you know, I mean, it wasn't a month or two. I was in Los Angeles and having a hard time for at least three or four years. I mean, yeah. really where it wasn't like I wasn't getting any acting work and yeah. had dozens of jobs. I didn't get down because you kept keep saying, you know, you were very up and I, this is going to work. And so you may, you were very positive thinker. Mm-hmm. And so I tried to be positive with you. <laughs> if you would have called up and said, Oh, I can't take this. If you would have been like that, right? I wouldn't. I I would have said, well, just forget about it. Just right. you know, come on. But you never did that. You were you knew me. And you, it's funny you say that because I mean I look at those times and I think of how difficult they were. But I knew I must have known that I couldn't say that to yeah. you. Yeah, because I would I would give up. I would I but I didn't give up because you sounded like you weren't giving up. Right. And I did have faith in what you did. I realized at Carnegie Mellon when I saw you in one of the plays, I thought he, he could really do this. He he's good. Right. And when I saw that, I thought, well, you just have to persevere and you're that young, you know, and what, you know, I was investing in your future and I so I didn't feel that way. But had you not been so up and and positive with me, I'm sure with yourself sometimes or your friends you were ready to Take the bridge, but but you never you never presented that way to me ever. No, you never did. As right you, as you were growing up, you would get upset about things, you know, from when you didn't get into sound of music. And then mm-hmm. I think at that time I'd say to you, "Listen, you can't be in this field if you're going to be upset." You're right because you. This was this fifth is grade be, when I didn't make sound yeah, of music. Right, and you downtown. were very upset, and I it was, was around Christmas time, and that. But I said, "You're just going to have to quit." Being an actor, because this is not, you know, and uh, you, I think I must have scared you into saying never telling me when you were down and out. Right. Which in some ways I feel bad about that if you couldn't share stuff with mm. me. But, but, um, I, but you were, you, but you were positive to me. And of course, I would always support you. Yeah. But, you know, if, if you were crying all the time, I, I would have tried to get you to quit. And I didn't because you weren't crying. Well, I also was able to piece together. I was working as an actor, but it was for like $7 a show or something like that. You know, I worked at Gary Marshall's Theater in in Burbank and was able to piece together exciting jobs, even if they weren't paying the bills completely. And then I eventually got my equity card in Los Angeles. So it was was great. But then I moved to New York because I realized I just I was doing so much theater I needed to get to New York and I had my first temp job because you beg I remember I was working at restaurants all the time and you yeah. were worked in an accounting firm and you said if you get an office job you will be so much happier because you will be able to get your work done and go to auditions and come back and you won't have to quit in between every single job you know or you wanted me to work as a temp because you said if you work as a temp then you're not disappointing your employer when you leave. Yeah. And you didn't want me to ever yeah. disappoint a boss. Yeah. 
I know. <laughs> well, and it was it was good. It paid less money, but it was. I ended up working at a financial firm, and I'm not going to say what financial yeah. firm it was. Well, it doesn't matter. BlackRock Financial yeah. in the human res- human resources human resources department. Yeah, and you were really thrilled about that. Oh, I was. I was in heaven. <laughs> I really was. You still wish I worked at no, BlackRock Financial. I, no, because so many great things happened since then. But I really thought you did a great job. But the first day you called me up and asked me how to do Excel sheets with, you know, very, you know, merge them. And yeah. I went, I don't do that kind of work. Yeah. So I think I had you talk to Terry at work to do this mail merge thing. Yeah. But you figured it out and you did very well there. And then they liked you. So they did let you go for auditions and... And, and jobs, and then and, I worked there for three years. Yeah. While I was on yeah. in my first Broadway show, I right. kept the job and worked and didn't there. Didn't some of the, the people from there come to your show? Yes. No, I still am in touch with some of the staff from BlackRock Financial, yeah. and they've come to Book of Mormon in Hamilton. Yeah. And I was sitting at my desk at BlackRock when I got the call for the Book of Mormon, the wow. first reading. Yeah. But I, you remember the story I never let you forget about the first time I did the Book of Mormon. No, tell me the story. When I got the call to do the Book of Mormon and I was at BlackRock, I had to take a week off of work and they let me to go do the first reading and I called to tell you, I said, Mom, oh. I'm doing this reading and uh, and I'm so excited about it. The guy's from South Park, Bobby Lopez, it's going to be great. And she said, do you have to miss any work? And I said, yes, mom, I have to miss a week, but they are okay with it. They know and they think it's great. And you went, oh, the sacrifices you have to make for this for this yes. career. Do you I, remember? I was very, yeah. Because I, I, I was going to have to miss a, pay of, uh, a week of pay at BlackRock and yeah. be paid just a few hundred dollars for this reading. Yeah. I remember even asking you what you'd get paid. Yeah. And I went, oh, That's, my God. Yeah. I have to say I was like, heart sick about that yeah so but well because after what happened <laughs> after so many times of of calling you to say you know oh this is gonna this is gonna turn things around or this is the thing that's gonna yeah. be great you'd probably heard that quite a few times at that yeah. point which was 2008 i think yeah um so it's kind of like okay rory yeah, I'm sure this is going to be a great reading when I had done so many readings yeah. in different situations. And you realized, or you figured, you know, the real job here is BlackRock. Yeah. You don't want to mess with that, right? I did, and I thought you could be very happy there and because that's the world I know. Right. So, But it, it turned out to be wonderful. And I have to realize I can't be... You can't, I, I chose to be safe all the time, you know, be safe and everything. Mm-hmm. Having you wasn't being safe, and it was the greatest thing in my life, mm-hmm. having you. But uh, so I have, I have to learn that I did, to be happy that you weren't trying to always just be safe and just survive, that you were trying to live your dream, and that mm-hmm. it was a very good thing. And I, th- over the years, I've I've pretty much gotten much better at that i don't worry like i did before right and you know what was going to happen to you you know you weren't but you did worry i mean that's i feel like that yes i wasn't going to i think you knew that i wasn't going to starve to death because i was going to work hard to but i think that like 
what's important is for people to know who have kids who are pursuing this is that it's normal to be really scared yeah. especially after they're <laughs> out in the world and the in and yeah. and trying to make a career out of it right that it's really scary cuz if your son or daughter is going to get a job you're not going to hear about it from the boss right. or say oh yeah they were terrible <laughs> You're a failure on the computer. You just don't hear about it. And you don't have... And with you, people were constantly asking me, oh, was he doing this? Like when you did Dreamgirls, and they were, mm-hmm. everybody's like, oh my gosh, when what's I did he a, doing a, now? Little scene in Dreamgirls. And I thought, you know, other parents aren't getting, you know, having to give reports about... How, I don't go and ask my friends, you know, how was your son's law case? I mean, yeah. <laughs> did he win it or did he lose it? Or, right. So it was just that... I said that it it that was hard in itself. You know, saying, no, he's not working now, but he's you know, right. and I I resisted the temptation to start saying fake things, <laughs> <laughs> lies. Yeah, lies. you were gonna lie. What yeah. would you say? Oh yes, said? he's working on some big movie now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. But it is hard because people, you know, will ask. So I'm always glad when you have a job. Right. So. Well, me too. <laughs> But yeah, there's but something it, to... I worry. It is hard, but you know, when somebody's that passionate about something, that's a very good thing to have that kind of passion. Because believe me, you'd have to be. You'd have to be that passionate and love something that much to, to suffer all that you to, had to suffer. Right. I mean, it must have been terrifying for you sometimes, you know, with stuff. And you still kept persevering and doing stuff. Right. So, and it was there. There, the, obviously, I think that like Book of Mormon specifically, that was a turning point for you and your anxiety about what I was doing. Yeah. Because you felt like okay, he's at least able to uh, get jobs after this, no matter right. where you know. Like, and you knew that I would hustle to make yeah. things happen. But it's still an up and down journey right well until book of mormon actually did succeed right and you would tell me you didn't you weren't so sure that it was going to be the hit we better get up there in previews (laughs) (laughs) when i told you what the plot was and that yeah it wasn't sounding too good to me as far as that i think i was pretty worried that you were going to be you know um i kept asking you during that do you still talk to the people at black yeah. Because <laughs> I thought pretty soon you're going to have to be calling them. Yeah. So You came to the show and you joked that you were going to throw holy water at us and pray the rosary in the front row. <laughs> no. Yeah. I think I did bring a rosary in my pocket, but it was more like a worry bead. <laughs> yeah. But actually, I was enthralled with the show when I first saw it. And I sat in the last seat on the first floor. Is that what they call it? Uh-huh. On the and, orchestra? And I was, I, it was amazing because I, I forgot that, you know, except for when you did your part, I was kind of nervous. You know, I get yeah. extreme stage fright for you. You do. I do. Mm-hmm. But that's why I have to see it more than once. Because once I'm over the stage fright, the second time I see it. The only thing I never was stage fright when you came out in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as you walked on stage, it was like you were somebody else. And it, I just laughed my head off and right. the whole thing. So I, I for, forgot to be scared you know yeah. that you couldn't do it or something but right so but uh i definitely uh know that that book of mormon was a real 
gave me a lot more confidence the way that was going. Right. But I also didn't want you to quit it. <laughs> no. So she wanted me to play you. a nineteen year old <laughs> until I couldn't walk anymore. She was Yeah, that was but that was a hard like me trying to have that conversation with you was really hard too. Yeah. Saying, I know that this is a wonderful job. I know that I could stay here longer, but it's important for me to move on while I can't. And you didn't like that. No, well, you know, you're talking to somebody and my whole family, they've all worked their jobs 40, 45 years. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but you're right. You probably couldn't have played a 19-year-old for that long. Right. (laughs) But, yeah, that's hard. But I I do understand it. I just, you know, you always want, and every parent will say that, your kid to be secure. But then I start seeing all, you know, with everybody's, my friends whose kids were in, investments and all Mm -hmm. that they were losing their nobody's job is really secure anymore right it's not like the old days where you got the job and you kept it forever so you you do have to adapt and you obviously are able to adapt so and you're very very strong so i don't worry about you like that anymore thank god right but um during those times that was a worry and uh but it was also extremely exciting yeah. And I also thought, I thank God he was so strong that he kept pursuing that he got to this, you know. Yeah. Because there had to be times when you wanted to give it up. You don't say that, but. You know, like you, you don't want to, I never wanted to give it up. I never, ever, ever wanted to give it up because I knew that if I, if I did give it up, I would still want to do it. Yeah. That, I, that that wasn't going to go away. But there certainly was times where I thought is, is there an easier way to do what I love and not try to make it my career? And there, that's there is. There's other ways to, to experience being on a stage and and creating things and not having to be on Broadway or live in New York City. Yeah. And you know, I certainly thought about that, but you know, once you're once you go all in, it's yeah. it's hard to right. to go away from it. Um, I got I you know I've. I know that there's no way that I could be where I'm at if it wasn't for you and all the support that you gave me. And I think that it took a lot of strength in you to support an actor as a son when you are a practical person, you know, and that's not it, it taking those chances and is seem does seem crazy, but you never ever did anything but encourage me and I love you for it and I you know, I and Hamilton has been such a great experience, but the best night of Hamilton for me was your birthday uh. when you came to see me on your 70th birthday, October 26th, and I did the curtain call speech, and I got to wish you a happy birthday from the Broadway stage, and I said, no one's ever clapped for you uh, at when you came home from work to support me, so uh. I want all these people in the theater clapping for you, and they did. I know. I was, I was just done by that and I was it was wonderful but I was like so embarrassed and my girlfriend Helen was crying her eyes out and yeah. all these people were looking at the whole way out of the theater they were all wishing me a happy birthday and everything and I just mm-hmm. I was smiling ear to ear but it was that was shocking to me that you did that yeah. but I did think they're gonna fire him <laughs> they're gonna fire him for doing that so. uh I did tell them that I was oh, gonna oh, be doing it oh yeah okay yeah, but but that was a beautiful thing. Thank you, Rory. No, I knew you would be you would be really um, happy, but also 
mortified. And I, I was more nervous to do that than I was to walk out on the stage for my first time doing <laughs> Hamilton. So, yeah. But I'm glad I got to have that. And you always come see me. And you always support me. Oh, it's... And I love being you, here at you've home. You've made my life, Roy. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, if I can't thank you enough for being the person you are. Well, and I'm always... People always say, oh, you must be so proud of him. I'm proud, you know, of course, of the acting is very great. But I'm proud of the person you are. And that, I think, I thank God, you know. I must have done something right. <laughs> <laughs> A couple things. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for All right. talking to me. Thank it's you, it's seven twenty four. Oh wow, we went. I was gonna start to look at my got watch, the gift but of the gab, you old Irish gift of the gab. <laughs> On your Fitbit, how many steps have you done today? Uh, I it's ten thousand. Ten? Is that real? Or are you just don't... no? Look at it. It's ten thousand four hundred and twenty nine. Yes, yeah, a slow day. <laughs> yeah, she's hitting over ten thousand every day. It's yeah. it's amazing. All right. Well, I love you. Thanks for talking with me. I love you, too. Thanks for having me in Cleveland. I love you like crazy. All right. Bye, Mom. <laughs> Bye. Audition side job, swimming upstream. Believe it or not, you're living the dream. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.